I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. Good afternoon, Tracy. Good afternoon, Dawn. So really excited today. We have Chloe Bisson, um, who is a good friend of ours. And I really am interested in having her on because um, of what she does, or part of what she does for a living. Um, Chloe, you've just written a book called Just Write the Damn Book, which I think is probably like massive book title envy there. (laughs) (laughs) But what I love about it is, um, kind of says what it is on the can, I think, think, and I think it's such a common, it's such a common sentence for people to to say, oh, I'd love to write a book, and and they don't. Um, so, Chloe, tell us a little bit about your publishing service and you, the book that you've just written, and then let's get into how you write the the damn book. Love that. Thanks, Dawn. Thanks, Tracy. Great to be here on uh, on the podcast. So. Oh, gosh, I never wanted to be a book publisher. I suppose that's the first thing, just to be raw and real with you all. Um, I definitely am not a book nerd. A lot of people come to me and say, oh, Chloe, you you publish books for a living. You must read loads of books. I used to hate reading, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough. Um, accountancy. You're a numbers yeah. girl. You're a numbers girl. <laughs> I know, I know. And I used to hate studying English and everything at school. And when they used to make you read out in the class, I absolutely hated it. But here we are, you know, years later now, publishing uh, many books for a living. So I was running my own coaching business about seven years ago and just was really struggling to get clients. You know, like as many people do when they start out, it's like, especially coaching. I was like just so many competitors, all that kind of stuff. And I noticed that everyone that seemed to be successful had written books. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to write my own book and I'm going to, you know, tell everyone my story and I'm going to do really well. And it's, and it was more a case of just proving that I could do it. I wrote my first book, Determined and Dangerous, uh, four years ago and it did it actually did really well and it did what I thought it would it started attracting clients to me but long story short what I loved the most which it did which is why I ended up writing a book on how to write a book is loads of my sort of peers in the industry who were other coaches were like Chloe how did you do that I've written a book and it didn't get results or I've been wanting to write a book but haven't and within about three months I had about three or four clients who asked me to mentor them on their books and I suddenly thought hmm Maybe I'm actually onto something here. Maybe there's something more to this than just me doing my own book. And so within about a year, I pretty much stopped doing all sort of like more generic business coaching and specialized in marketing and writing books. And then, but I was doing probably what everyone recommends you not to do as a marketer. I wasn't really telling when I was doing it. You know, when you run an agency, if you get busy, you get busy, you can't, you can't take on any more clients. And I never had a dream to build it. So I was publishing books for a living for two years without telling anyone. And it was just like word of mouth. I know it's crazy. Like no one ever knew it was me. It was like, let's say you'd written, either of you written books, you would release it, but you wouldn't necessarily know, no one would know I'd done it or I'd been involved in it. It was like almost like shadow publishing is what I kept calling it, which I made up. I was like, this will be cool. And I haven't got to put my face to it because I just thought everyone's going to judge and so on. So I launched the publishing business. And then two years in, one of my mentors was like, Chloe, this has got legs. You've got to really step into this. And I'd always been very nervous about letting things go and like only focusing on one thing. And so I finally did it two years ago. And since then, we've now published 39 bestselling books of us just talking about it and just being open about it. And then everyone was saying to me, Chloe, you write books for a living, you publish books for a living, but you don't actually have a book on book writing or publishing. You know, when's that going to come? And I had a bit of a moment of like, you know, the 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 layers and layers of that. And so, yeah, I wrote Just Write the Damn Book in 2023 and launched it in November 2023. So um, it's been a journey. It's quite funny trying to write a book about how to write a book, <laughs> you know, the the examples and so on. But yeah, it's been it's been such a great journey. And I love now that it's helping loads of people write books, even without actually speaking to me. So. So when I embarked on my journey, the, the slight difference is that I did it purely indulgently and it w- had nothing to do with my existing business and it wasn't mm. about being a lead magnet or anything like that. But obviously we learned stuff and it turned out that writing the book was the easy bit and then it was the publishing side of it that was, I, I got complete head loss. Um, mm. As a quick rundown, actually your company was the only one I came across that helped with both, 
you know, sort of the editing and the typesetting and all the kind of practical stuff of loading it to Amazon and all the rest of it and doing the marketing. And I think where that's profound is that actually it is the marketing bit that is the key bit that that nobody knows what the hell to do. (laughs) Um, So if somebody was listening to this now and hadn't started a book, Mm. what do you, what are your top tips for doing Mm. that? Other than buying your just write the damn book. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. What would I say? So if you were, if you were, there's kind of different starting points, but if you were writing the book now, the most important thing is knowing what a bestseller book actually is, because a lot of people spend years writing a book and either never launch it or they never promote it. And it gets on the online bookshelves and Amazon and gets like one sale a year, you know, and that's just so heartbreaking when you've put your you know, life and soul into a book. So if people want to become bestsellers and actually sell their book, they've got to be realistic. Like the word bestseller, it is not best writer or best writing, it's best selling. And so you've got to get clear on the marketing strategy before you start writing the book. And so one thing I would say to people is when you're writing your book, make sure you know who the reader is and what it's going to give them. So for example, is it going to help them believe in themselves? Is it going to help them get a particular result? Is it going to help them win in some way, shape or form? Because then you sell the concept of the book before you've actually written the book. So that's the first thing I would say, just get really clear on it's marketing, right? It doesn't really matter if it's a book or anything. You've got to make sure you know who's buying it. Um, And then when it comes to the specific writing part, you've got to be consistent. I, I speak to so many people that have written a book or have you know got a word document on their computer that they've written and they've not opened it for a year because they got an inspiration burst and they've put it on paper and then they've forgotten about it and life kicks up, kicks on and whatever so for me the best way to write a book is to be consistent with it and that's to whatever it looks like for you so some of our authors will write 30 minutes a day others will write an hour a week but set your time set your limit and set your frequency and just commit to it Make that promise to yourself where you're like, right, I'm going to do this and you know why. So then when you do fall off the wagon, because you will, we all do, we're all human, you know. You know, I had one author recently that was like, I'm going on holiday, but I've told my wife I'm going to bring my laptop so I can definitely still submit a chapter to you. And I'm like, please don't do that because <laughs> that's going to cause all, all loads of issues, you know. So you've got to make sure you know what works for you and then just stick to that writing schedule. Just get it written. The hardest thing I think authors do, and I know I definitely did it, Dawn, I don't know if you experienced this with your book, is as soon as you've written it and you start looking at it again, you want to keep changing it, keep changing it, keep tweaking, keep perfecting, you know, and we end up wanting to just be, make it perfect. But we actually change as individuals when we're writing books. The person you are when you start writing whatever your first chapter is to the end, you've learned. So we're always evolving. Therefore, if we want to constantly change the book, we're just going to keep evolving. So we'll end up never publishing it. So I would say to summarize that, get clear on who you're selling it to at the marketing side, commit to writing to a schedule, and then just give yourself permission to get it done and not look at it again. And then when it comes to, it's interesting that you're saying this, actually, I've kind of, I've kind of made my belief system around this separate from, I can imagine if I was going to do a lead magnet book, if I was going to write a book on martial arts business or a business book or on selling or whatever it is I fancy writing on, I think that I could be very transactional about it in terms of, right, uh, there's my deadline. That's going to take me such a, I, I feel that that would be, something that would be more achievable and probably a great idea. Uh, Because as you say, you've got to get into a rhythm. You have to get into a rhythm. I think what I'd done is because my book wasn't anything to do with my business. uh, And now I'm on my second book and I'm doing exactly the same, by the way, and I wouldn't recommend it actually, because I decided that when the fancy took, when the fancy takes me, I write. Mm. And what I, because when I started doing it on a schedule, um, it wasn't, it didn't flow as naturally. Whereas when I'm inspired to write, if you like, um, however, I have to abs- absolutely admit that I think if I was doing a, a business book or a cooking book or a, you know, a, one that's a little bit less emotional, let's say, 
um i don't know how i can say that because all books end up being emotional to the author anyway but you you know so so certainly i think that had i stuck to a schedule my life might have been a bit easier <laughs> it, it's quite it's quite funny because i'm sat here listening and i'm one of those people that started writing the book i've had like two ideas for writing books and, and they're great ideas, by the way. They're great ideas. And I just don't jack shit with them. But it, just listening to you guys reminds me of the art world. So when I left school, I went and trained in graphic design. And we used to, I mean, this is quite a few years ago, but we used to have bits of spats. There was always this competition between what we called the foundation arts people, the pure painters, and the graphic <laughs> design students who were classed as the prostitutes of the art world. We did not do work when we were inspired like the foundational ones did. We did work because we had a brief and an audience that required to spend the money on that artwork. Mm. And it just, there's something in there that suddenly sparked not being an author, which was the foundational arts people, very few of them would go on to make lots of money around art some people will there's some famous artists out there that can put a pile of bricks in the tape and make a frigging fortune don't get that but there you go but the ones that are in the graphic quite a few of the people that are in that program now have very successful photography or graphics business they don't do that art because it's passionate and they love it they do it because somebody has said this is what i want this is what i need please produce it and i'll pay you for it and I think that links to the book writing. I think that's a great tactic, actually. Instead of being, uh, this is my 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 heart's, you know, d- d- dream to write my book. Maybe we should view it a little bit more as what is the brief? What's the brief? Because it does in the art world. There are there are lots of famous painters, but most of those made money after they died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But they were the ones that were painting artwork that was passion from the heart. It was done when things were in flow and when they're inspired. The guys who get paid a fortune for creating these days, it's digital images. They're not doing it because they're inspired. They're doing it because somebody's given them a brief and they said, I'll pay you if you can do this for me. And so I just the- see that as book writing. But Well, that's it. Give yourself a brief. For your yeah. book. And that that's ironically, that's exactly usually what comes after you know who you're writing for. Because I think, Dawn, that's partly where you've coming from. And we spoke with your book, you know, you were allowing it to flow and you didn't have like a beginning, a middle, and end, and you were just gonna trust the process, which I loved. A lot of the stuff we do with our authors now is a case of right, what's the beginning? Like I always teach it as what's point A? Where are they before they read your book? Point and then what's point B? Where are they after they read your book? It's very simple. And your book is the journey between the two points, right? That's the brief, Tracy. That's yeah. where we go, right? Okay, here's the, like, your, yours might have five, you know, stepping stones between those points. Some people might have 20 stepping stones. It doesn't really matter the no- number. But then whenever you do have time blocked out and you go, oh God, I've got absolutely no creative juices right now, which by the way, happens to every person, even the most experienced writers, you go back to the brief and that outline, you go, right, which of these am I most inspired by? And then you start with something you feel inspired by. I think when you have a blank piece of paper, if there's nothing coming, it's like, it's a yes or no answer, isn't it? Am I going to write yes or no? Whereas when you have a brief, it's more like, which am I going to write rather than am I going to write? And just to kind of put the difference in the pot, the whole brief of my book was to not have a brief and mm-hmm. see what my heart did. So that was the point of the book. Yeah. So it still had a brief. It just meant that I had to go around it a different way. But but yeah. And and then so so part of your service is that you keep someone on track, keep some of that accountability, help them with the structure. Um so the book gets complete. And then, uh, honestly, Chloe, I lost the will on the marketing. So I hated it. Absolutely hated it. She used it. to phone me up with a, just don't fucking get this. <laughs> I've written the book. <laughs> it was horrific. And, and so what I loved about, and why I wanted you to come on, actually, or why we wanted you to come on about the book, there are five million choices of people who do publishing 
and you've got the ones that are very credible uh, but but how the hell do you know they're credible they say they are how do you know they're not publishing houses so where you sit even though you're a publisher you still sit in the self-published mm-hmm. part in terms of you're not giving people a contract and paying for the book like you know so 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 even though you're a publisher you still still sit in the self-published part you help people self-publish and it's uh it's an absolute minefield out there like a minefield um and as i say you were the only company that included the marketing in the way that you did which um which is actually probably the most valuable bit so what would you say to somebody when they're looking for a company to choose to publish their book great question do you know what this is such a an interesting question i get asked it so often i actually have a chapter on this in my own book about how to pick a publisher not to pick us but to be like that there, there are so many options it's like trying to pick a you know which restaurant you go to dinner to with all your family and everybody wants something different you know there are so many different options um I guess the the key thing, so there's three different publishing routes if you put them into buckets, right? You've got the publishing houses, Dawn, that you mentioned, the traditional publishing. And that's where they take an ownership percentage of, they take percentage of your profits and they typically take some sort of rights on the content. They'll tell you they don't own the content, but they'll typically have rights to distribute it in print format, which basically means you can't print your own book. So that's kind of the easy term for that. So that they get you in like the airports, they get you in the big stores if you're big enough, but at what cost? So they can take up to 95% of your book profits. So it's a huge amount. The other end of the spectrum, which is what Dawn may mentioned, is self-publishing, which is where you're kind of on your own. Now it's like, right, how do we get our, our book out to the world? And you get 100% of everything because you're the only person doing anything. There are loads of platforms, but they will publish your book but they won't necessarily promote your book hence why we offer the marketing then you've got where we sit and there's a few others there's not a huge amount of competition in this space which is what we call hybrid publishing so this is where we do a bit of both so we will be your official publisher we have the logos on the back of the book the books go on our website we sell the books ourselves but we also get your book on all the various platforms and you own 100 percent. so to pick your publisher to come back to the question is what what route works best for you? You know, I've got some authors that I've actually recommended to go with traditional publishing houses because I'm like, you need this book in airports and you've got the audience and you can go for it. There are others who have come to me who have left traditional publishing houses because they're like, they've taken too much money from me. I want to do it with you guys. So I guess the first step is work out where what what's the goal of your book? We also have some people that go, do you know what? I just want to have a physical book printed. I doesn't need to be marketed. Then I'm going to say, look, self-publish. Follow the Amazon help guidelines and, you know, step by step and you'll have a book printed. I'd say the first thing which I've said here is you've got to get clear on what's the reason and where do you want your book to go. Then after that, the second thing which is so important is get your team together. Even if you're self-publishing, you're going to need a graphic designer for the cover. You're going to need an editor. You're going to need someone who can proof. You're going to need... Uh, you're going to need an honest friend as well who knows you to read it and go, no, this is rubbish. (laughs) Or actually, yeah, this sounds really cool, you know. Um, Or a publisher. But the earlier you get your publisher or your team on board, don't wait until it's written. Get them on board earlier. That's what they're, They're the two biggest things. And then using those people and knowing your strategy will answer the rest of the questions. No. Usually it helps you guide you to the rest, the rest of the steps. That's raised a little question for me. So Dawn wrote a book. Did you know that, Chloe? Dawn wrote a book. And she said to me one day, she said, can I send you the draft of the book so you can read it and give me your honest feedback? So now I'm trying to work out, did she not send it because she frigging forgot or she decided I wasn't a good enough friend and I wasn't going to give her honest enough feedback? so come on Dawn spill the beans what the fuck happened I I did and then and then I I just forgot and the thing is it had already gone to five or six other people this is after I'd written it and so I I suppose it just stopped being a priority and I forgot I guess says it all really doesn't it you're not a priority Tracy sorry hun um, familiarity brings complacency whatever whatever but the author bit so not knowing I didn't even think to think to think about services like yours when I first started at all 
um i had an editor an editor on board straight straight right from the get-go he asked me the same question which was what's the outcome what what mm. what do you want and it was probably in the end more expensive going down the route of getting an external editor even though it wasn't an upfront payment like we did it and you kind of pay as you go for want of a better you know he'd do some work I'd pay him um and so it was stretched out um but then I think if I was to take my lessons from that what I what would have been a cheaper option is to come to somebody like you in the first place who would have edited it in the first whereas what I did was wrote a book it had been edited that had cost a pretty penny now you know you're not making any money out of a book especially one that's not a lead magnet so then it was a hard I'd already spent like I'd already spent money on an editor which when you're going to a you know, person who does that specifically as a job, it isn't mm. cheap. You're going to, I think, I don't know, I can't even remember how much it was. I want to say that 70 or 90 pounds an hour or some, some you know, it, it's not, mm. it's not cheap. And, and it got cheaper because over the period of time, we got to know each other and we got into a rhythm when we first started he had to spend an awful lot of time because I was making all of my mistakes, which we do as writers. Like he always takes this because he says I was writing like Facebook post. <laughs> so I was spending out like that. Another, um, I'd got a couple of bad habits. I like an exclamation mark. <laughs> and you know, those three dots, I can never remember what. Oh, I love the, the dot, dot, dot. I love a dot, dot, dot. I absolutely love a dot, dot, dot. I love it on Audible when somebody's reading and they go, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so I'd got some writing bad habits, if you like. They, you know, that, that. So plus I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Plus we didn't know each other. Plus I hadn't got a structure. So, uh, uh, so that initial part of my journey with an editor was probably it probably cost me an awful lot of money it wouldn't cost me the same now because I've learned you bloody learn your lessons quick right um and so it would probably be cheaper to use somebody like you that would take you through that journey and then you'd have some you know of the marketing back end whereas I'd already spent an awful lot of money on something that I knew I wouldn't get the money back on Mm. um but that's lessons learned, isn't it? You don't think to think to think at the top. You, do, you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also only look a certain number of steps ahead based on what you think you need next. If you've never done a book before, you know, we think, okay, words, editor, I need an editor, you know, and actually that editor will only work. That It's almost like a puzzle, right? That editor fits that bit of the puzzle, but they don't understand necessarily need to know what the other puzzle pieces are. And then suddenly as the self-publishing author, we're like, what's the other puzzle piece I need to work on next? You know, where it, it's like you don't know what's coming next. And I think that's the challenge is that if you've got lots of different team members or different people involved, you as the author end up being the glue in between. But it's kind of like the blind leading the blind because the author's never done it before. So that's what I did my first book. And honestly, I remember I thought, because I didn't know the process, I announced when my book was going to be out. I was like, oh, that's months, like, I think it was that month away or three weeks away. I was like, oh, that'd be plenty of time. Little did I know, it actually took a bit of time to get the physical proof to me. And I remember I'd already announced it. And because of my pride and all my all my family and everyone's reaction of, oh, my God, she's writing a book. I didn't want to move the date. So I remember it came out and I'd, the day before the proof had arrived with loads of mistakes in it. It'd been printing, page numbers were wrong and all this. And I had a day to fix it knowing it was going to launch the next day. So when everyone was buying it, taking photos of, oh, your book, I've screenshotted the order form. I was like, oh God, I really hope it's okay inside, you know, which was terrible because I just didn't want to let anyone down. So I would say as an author, the more guidance you can get earlier on, whether that is just researching or reading all the guidelines or getting a publisher or an editor, just get someone that's going to know the process. Because if you don't, you know, it becomes, I see so many people that fall out of love with their books because it becomes such a painful process of something that you were so inspired by to create at the beginning. Yeah. Which is, I, I would say, I hated it. I absolutely hated it around launch. I was tired. It took all the joy out of it. Mm. I. It was all very, I really struggled flipping from 
creative space to now commercial space, I got to the point where I couldn't make another single decision. Mm. I couldn't write the blurb. The blurb was the hardest thing that I've ever written in my entire life ever. Mm. I still don't like it, but you had to go with something because I had a deadline, right? But the, the pain that I caused my entire family, friends, network, the author was that the editor was hanging himself like everybody was because I couldn't it was awful and and yet you know I I I I appreciate what you're saying and I think I think it isn't until you go through it painfully that you then understand the value I can imagine someone going right it's going to cost x amount a thousand pounds to do this book project and go in like which is what I did but actually I ended up spending a lot more Mm. and it being very painful (laughs) Um, Mm. so what are the main reasons why people don't write their book oh good question I'd say there's two sides of it there's the internal and there's the external the internal is as we start writing we feel great at the beginning and then we start reading it hang on who am I to write this book? Why is everyone going to think I deserve to write this book? You know, all all the self-doubt that we could possibly have because people are associated writing a book with so much status and authority. And, and so we start judging ourselves. Well, I'm not, I don't have the right to do that, you know, and the internal can stop us like that. And so that then leads to the external, which is like, oh, no, too many client meetings this week. Oh, I didn't get anything written or, oh, no, you know, those, there's other books. Loads of people have published books recently. I'm just going to wait. You know, it's too much in the industry at the moment. Like any excuse we can find externally, which is triggered by the internal thoughts. Um, I would say that's the biggest reason why people don't write their books when they do want to write a book. And, and the hardest part is is that every time they're having this doubt, and I say this to authors I work with, which is why I mentor my authors pretty much every week, if not every fortnight. And I know usually around the same time someone gets to a certain part in their book, they have these wobbles. And so I'm ready there, you know, with the voice and I'm like, come on, like get going, just give me, go, just get a blank piece of paper and just keep writing, you know? Um, But what I notice is that it's usually after they've started writing that they start to doubt themselves and they change how they write. They start writing like they're super an expert and that, you know, and I read it, I'm like, this isn't for your peers. This is for people that don't know what you know. You know, we need to not judge ourselves and think everyone's going to think we're stupid or, you know, we should have written it better because actually our peers aren't going to read our books. It's the people that need us that are going to read the books. That is so cool because if you've got your avatar as well, then... You know, it's like for most people, especially if you're thinking about technical books or non-fiction books, so to speak, mm. it, it doesn't matter what your peers think. They already probably are at or near your level or even above it. They're not, like you said, they're not your readers. So that's a, that's a little tip I pick from that is always go back to the avatar. Who are you writing for? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know what I always say to people in that regard is write, think of one person and write the book for them. Because what a lot of people do is when they're writing is they try and write as if they're speaking to a load of people and an audience. And if you're speaking to too many people, let alone the content being too generic, like you're not going to connect with the person. That's when people are writing like technical guides. Like I can always tell when we're publishing someone that's ripped, that's done like a thesis or, you know, something super technical. Whereas I prefer to publish people that are writing a bit like a, you know, a social media post or, you know, like they're recording a podcast. Cause if you can, if you can write a book the way you'd speak it and someone can hear your voice as they're reading it, like that's so powerful when it comes to book writing. But most people go into the, I need to use fancy words. I need to use this, you know, and make it super technical but like Tracy like you just said they're not going to know what that word means that word means but I've now got three books done (sighs) that that single phrase that Chloe's just come out with I've now got three books I I recently my um my son decided he wanted to get into property he's only been around property since he was 11 and he decided he wanted to get into property and he said but I don't have loads of money for a deposit mum I said no problem um let, let me start you on the process of how you can actually get income um, without necessarily having a big deposit. So literally took him through a few steps, turned that into a 12-week course. And what you've just said is like, 
if I remember, because I've, I've been going, why would I put out a book on that, given there's already other people that are phenomenal at it? Well, because they're not writing for the complete beginner. But if I write a book for the complete beginner, which is what I've done with that, it's like, hey, presto, you're talking to a different audience. It's a different set of buyers. But also, Tracy, I genuinely, genuinely believe, and this is, you know, so I went into, um, I went, um, I suppose you'd categorise my book as a mindset category, which you've got, you know, phenomenal people you know psychiatrists and globally renowned people um and i think the way i look at this is if there is a message even if it's been said before actually the more people that say it the better we all because we all say things slightly differently and well even the bible's got lots of different versions <laughs> like you know because because when one person reads it it may not resonate whereas just reading the same information but in a different style of writing or using a different example or a different rhetoric you know that would that would land i don't think it matters how many other people do it because we all have our own little vibe and our own little flavor mm-hmm. And again, uh, it depends on who you're writing for, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I think the world, yeah. I don't know what you think, Chloe, but I think the, I'm getting the impression the world is getting fed up of this. We're going to show the best of me. That's all we're going to do, show the best of me. So you take a lot of what I call the media industry, so books, film, music, it, it, you know, Social media came on the scene and were, many of us were the same. You only ever posted the good shit, yeah? Till we, till we hit the the area where people were taking bins out in the, the ball gowns, which again is promoting the good shit. You know, we can't go anywhere, so let's put the bin out in our ball gown and take a video of it. I think as we did got to the end of 2023 and as we've gone into 2024, I think... Average people, and I say average people in quotes because nobody's average, they are now getting fed up of what I would call the false narrative. The 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 filtered narrative of, you know, I've now got this beautiful piece of a meal and I've took a picture of it. It's got a wonderful chocolate twirl on it. Yeah, and when you get home, you're having beans on toast tomorrow. I think people are actually hungry for honesty and raw vulnerability. And I don't know whether you guys are seeing the same, but that's what I'm starting yeah. to see. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Especially in the publishing space, the books that are getting the best results are from people who are more vulnerable and honest, even in a how-to book, you know. I would recommend, even if you're doing the most technical how-to book, like how to start a property business in 12 weeks, like even if you go technical as that, the more of your own personal failures and stories you weave in, the more people are going to learn from it. Like, I don't recommend having like the top 10 failures people make in property, but I think it would sell because people don't want that. And no one else talks about that stuff, you know, especially in property world. But what also I would say is coming back down to the fact that there are loads of books that have similar topics, right? You don't need to have a different topic of a book. You need to have a different marketing message. That's it. You just need to put a different label on it, a different spin on it because we know when they read the book, Tracy, you'll have different stories. Dawn and I would have different stories. We'd all have different experiences. And we probably have similar quotes maybe, but different explanations. But they don't know that until they've started reading. So what needs to be really different is the tagline, is the title, is the style, you know, is the cover. Because that makes people go, oh, I haven't I haven't read anything like this before. And then by the time they get halfway through, they're like, I might have heard some of it before. But actually, it's your story that makes it unique and makes them continue reading. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that first idea, Dawn, that um, I shared with you. Gosh, this is where Chloe's going to laugh. I am your typical. I've got an idea for a book, but I ain't wrote it. Yeah, I think I've done three paragraphs, uh, and that was about eighteen months ago. But that was literally. It was twelve different mini chapters, and it was all about getting back up after a certain problem happened in life. And I've wow. I've already had two self-publishers like yourself so to speak that said 
get the first chapter done. That's phenomenal because everybody's writing about all the good shit. You're promoting this is what's bad, but get back up and get on the horse again. So, yeah, yeah, I just need to. I don't know. I think what's I think a lot of what's stopping me. And this brings me to something that's in your book, Chloe. A lot of what's stopping me is that procrastination what's going to make me any good at this yeah I am not a writer I've always been known for my logic on numbers not my logic on words um why would anybody bother to write and you know how will I handle it if nobody buys the frigging book what do I want the book for in the first place all of that stuff the pre-procrastination comes in But then when I read through your just write the damn book what I loved about it and we've touched on it earlier is all these different things are little jig, you know, the pieces of the jigsaw. So your editor piece of the jigsaw. And what that reminded me of that was what I got out of the book was the books like having all the pieces on the table, even though you don't know where you're going to place them yet, you at least can see them on the table because mm. we never complete a jigsaw with pieces in a bag. I don't know about you guys, but all the pieces come out and then we try and fit them into place. And that's Mm. what I got out of your book. You read through it and it's like, right, even if I'm not yet ready to write the book, what I now know is the pieces that I need to consider. Hey, presto, I'm one step closer to writing the book. But yeah, I need to take the title literally. Just write the (laughs) damn book. But yeah, that's what I loved about your book, Chloe. It gets all that it gets all that stuff out on the table. So at least you get an understanding of what's involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the, I've, I've never thought about it like that, but you're absolutely right. That's the best bit about having a book for your audiences as though yeah. as well, right? Like for anyone that wants to try and get into property or get into martial arts, for example, you know, knowing that there's a book that has all the pieces helps people believe that they can do it, you know, because I've got the knowledge and, you know, as people say, knowledge is power. What I see, though, is the reason why so many people don't actually overcome the procrastination and it's just not having the energy to put into it. Yeah. You know, I genuinely believe it's just when you're when you're hungry and you're like, I need to tell this story like I'm done enough is enough. What I call like the breakthrough moment at that point that's when the jigsaw pieces fit in together. But when people are like, oh, I've got an idea, but I don't know why I need to write it. Like, there's no point in forcing that because then you fall out of love with it way before you even start writing it. You know, like if I'm speaking to people and they say, oh, I might do this this year, I might do it 2025, I might do it 2026. It's like, look, you need to reconnect to why you want to do it. Like, I've had, unfortunately, I've had some people come to me who have, you know, they've lost a loved one and they're like, oh my gosh, it made me realize that I need to leave a legacy. So now's the time, you know, that usually something that will trigger and kick into place. Like Dawn, with you, you committed to, you know, doing this big stuff over a couple of years and all the things. And then it was like, right, like for me, I was speaking at the event in November. It was like, right, now's the time. I need to make sure that book's on the table. You have to have something that's like an anchor because then when you do have a wobble or you lose patience or whatever happens, life takes over. Because let's be honest, none of us are full-time writers, not even me. You know, we need to have that anchor that's going to keep pulling us back to, even if it's an, oh shit, anchor, this state's coming. I still need to get it. I still yeah. need to keep moving forward. And that, that I think... Um... I'd have probably fallen into that a little bit because it wasn't because it wasn't a lead magnet or anything to more of it. It was just something I fancied doing. But because I knew I had to get up on a stage in front of many people in November, <laughs> there wasn't a choice. And you did the same with this book of yours. Yeah. We, we spoke on the same stage, didn't we, Chloe? Mm-hmm. Um, so... So having that kind of hard, like we didn't have a ch- choice, like mm-hmm. like uh, we've got to get it done. Yeah. But what I wanted to leave the readers with and with Tr- Tracy with as well, because by the way, I have actually read a little bit of what Tracy's written and she's a very good writer, by the way. But I can't remember who it was that said to me, I would be a different person after writing a book. And I didn't really um, consider that particularly. Um, I think I considered it more on, yeah, it's something I fancy doing and I'll have achieved it and we all feel happy when we've achieved something. That it's, I think, personally, even if you never publish it, even if you own, you never sell a single copy, everybody 
should just go through the cognitive something happens to you when you write a book just I can't I think everybody has it's the same experience for everybody but obviously a different version of the same experience for everybody you tap into something that I don't think we often get the opportunity to tap into in any other way other than writing a book Mm -hmm. I think you've got this this connection between your heart, your soul, your words, your brain. There's something about pouring your words out onto a piece of paper. Or if you're not great at writing, you know, you've typed it or you've audioed it. Or what, you know, it doesn't matter what format. Something internal happens when all of those things connect. And it's it's quite magical. Mm. And you're knowing how that feels... And then listening to people who say they'd like to write a book, I know that if they knew how it felt when you've done it, <laughs> they'd massively regret not doing it before. It's it. Do, do you know what I mean, Chloe? I mean, you must see this with your authors and your publishers, people who are, unj- let's call them the traces. They're doing a tracy. <laughs> Hey, don't you go getting my name down to the likes of Karen, will you? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it, that's the official sentence. Are you doing a Tracy? Are you doing a Tracy? No, I'm being a Karen. <laughs> um, and you, I mean, we, we, we're the same in as far as when you wrote your first, but it wasn't so, like we're not, we're not, we're not authors, right? We weren't already like you know, um, or journalists or newspaper writers. You know, we weren't in that job but it's um it's actually a beautiful thing isn't it chloe Mm. oh my gosh yeah absolutely and i do see it all the time um with authors and what i've put it down to is there's no there's two parts of it one there's getting your knowledge packaged into a book like and i don't mean that sound packaged like a formal sales process but you go through, and I don't know if it's going to put anyone off or anything, but it's almost like therapy. I never normally tell people this at the beginning because a lot of people wouldn't sign up, um, but they wouldn't start the process because they're not really ready. But it, it, it is. And by the way, this isn't just if you're writing like a personal book, like oh. biographical. This could be if you're writing a how-to book because you have to get your thoughts down on paper and you have to dig deeply. You know, what was my biggest challenge when I had that step? What what failure did I have? What frustration did I have? And, and I have this five Fs that I teach, which are about storytelling to get people to like pick at the threads, like stuff that you've kind of buried deep, like that needs to go in the book. And there's the feeling of getting it out on paper and that therapy that comes with it. But there's also internally what I would call an internal certainty that comes with that. You know, when you know that you've written however many thousand words, it doesn't matter, but you've got the words on paper. You're like, wow, I really do know a lot about this topic. And, you know, I really have got an inspiring story or I really have got a lot of knowledge, whatever the book ends up being, that there's nothing more powerful to build your confidence and your courage also to then to getting that down on paper. You know, I've had hundreds of online courses I've created and it's not done the same effect as when a book has. Then you've got, like you said, Dawn, that's the writing, but then you've got to get it into the hands of people. You know, I would say during the whole process, the most time I hear, I see people getting emotional when we reveal the book cover to them, because we always do it on a call with them and it's recorded and their reaction is amazing. That's why we get the most tears usually, because it's like, oh my God, I can actually visually see my book has come to life. And the second one is when the proof arrives in their on their doorstep and they get it in a box because we always give a proof before the launch because of, like I said, my process. So they're like, oh, my God, this book is launching in four to six weeks, for example. And I've now got my own book in my hands with my name on it. Like, what more could you get to just fill you with confidence? And it's it's those moments where I think you never go back. You never be able to go back to the person you were before that. Oh, wow. Got it. The goosebumps are going got it mine's just i know what i want the books for some of them are just like your reasoning dawn you know it's just to put something out there and others are to use it as a lead magnet at the end of the day yeah it's part of the process of if the only thing i can do to help somebody because they don't want to go any further through the process then read this how-to book and crack on yourself um but yeah it's giving me the um it's giving me the little 
goosebumps of, I really want to get a book through the post that has my name on it. How fucking sad is that? <laughs> sad though. Not at all. Know, I didn't know how many people thought it was such a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, which, 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 because that was a shock, at the event in November, and you're in front of people who've read your book, and I'd got a couple of my team with me, and there was quite a lot of emotion that happened right in front of us, which took me, uh, it was a shock. Although, why is it a shock? Because that was the point, but you, I didn't hadn't seen it in front of me. And at one point, I couldn't quite deal with that emotion. And I went up to the hotel room and I phoned my husband and I'm crying and snotting and bubbling because I'm like, like crying. And 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 I'm like, I can't actually deal with this. Like, that's really hard. And he's like, Dawn, are you the only one that didn't realise that this is a big deal? So I'm like, well, no, I know it's a big deal, but, you know, but I hadn't. And I think because the back end of writing, because I was so relaxed about writing it and then the back end of, it published, da, 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 and I got the event, and da, 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 got really busy. I hadn't actually stopped to think about. It's like I'd, in your head, I want to have impact on other human beings, so you know that's what you want to do. But I hadn't actually stopped to think for a minute about having the impact on other. Mm. <laughs> and a bit like you, I mean, you've written this book. Just write the damn book you will now have people come up to you and thank you and say, thank you for writing that book. Forget the fact that you do a publishing service as well and you can back it up with something to help them with further, but you will have impacted people who will have changed as human beings because they wrote a book. Mm. And at some point that's going to hit your heart in the same way as if, Tracy, you wrote, can you imagine, like, a hundred Ollies that were young and wanted to get... Do you know how hard it is for young people to get on the property ladder? And imagine in 10 years' time, somebody says, I read your book and it changed my life. Like, I'm my phone now, and I won't... Uh, I'll show it you, actually, Tracy, when we're together, but in my phone, I've got voice messages of random strangers who I have no idea who they are, only I know their name because it comes, there's a couple on Instagram, couple on Messenger, messages, and I show my husband and I bawl my eyes out because random strangers, complete, no, I don't know who they are, either saw me talk or read the book and they've taken, like one lady has physically started her new business and has got the Instagram up and she's decorated the room and like like could you I might cry now actually <laughs> but there isn't anything more powerful than your words impacting another human being and in a world that we have less connection now than ever I think that it's a magical thing. So oh. everybody should write a book. And they need to start with reading Chloe Chloe's book. Just write the damn, the damn book. book. Yeah, it's quite... It, it, that, that reminds me of why I teach men to people. It's the, what you've just said. It's that, it's that sense of satisfaction when somebody's life has changed because of what you've shared with them. And I've never really put the book writing in the same bracket as standing in a room and mentoring. And it, I guess mm. it is. It's just a different way of getting the message across, isn't it? Mm. In fact, I think, I think it's more because somebody has sat down with this thing or their earphones in with, you know, or whatever, audible, and, and they've taken time out. They've invested their time to read your words and there's something very intimate about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That when you're mentoring somebody, there's an intimacy to mentorship. We all coach, we know that. There's something, it's there's still a transactional element to it. I think that's what it is when someone reads your book. It's not transactional. It's them mm-hmm. just for the pure pleasure of reading a book, sitting down, consuming your words. So when that when your words hit their heart, it's 
and it doesn't matter whether it's a how-to book or a, it doesn't matter what the genre is, does it, Chloe? No. There's something uh, mm. very intimate about that in a way that I don't think there is another platform that can hit that button. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. I want to I want to finish with with Chloe. So um, reminders of the title of the book again for all those budding authors out there, Chloe. So it's just write the damn book. And can you tell us? Because we've done some top tips, but and I don't know whether it's five, seven, or three. But inside this book, what key processes and steps in writing a book are they going to learn about and discover? Mm, yeah, great question. So, first thing they're going to learn is what book do they write and what's their purpose of writing a book. So that will help them sell it as well. Second thing is creating a book structure and outline, like the brief, like we talked about. And my favorite thing about that is it becomes your secret source. It's like the thing that no one else does, but you do your way. And that's what goes in the book. And the third thing is to be getting it, getting it written, getting it done and getting a publishing plan in place so that even if you do a self-publishing route, which is is great for some budding authors as well, knowing when and what what the options are at that point. So by the end of this book, as I said, every book should have a promise. Our promise is that you will know the process to write, publish and promote your best selling book. That is fabulous. I love it. And I know we've got you coming back on again on nothing to do with books, but to do with business, life, work and um, when things don't go as sort of shapely and serenely as they usually do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that that recording. But um, it's been really brilliant having you on, Chloe, and it's inspired me to reread the book again and actually not just get the overall picture, but actually start planning out the steps that are in that book. Um, So thank you very much, Chloe. It's been absolutely fabulous. No problem. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Dawn. It's been great chatting to you. And on that note, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, please subscribe and download the podcast. To share your thoughts on this episode or to suggest future topics, connect with us on Instagram at Real Women Podcast. And thank you for listening.